Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today, I am once again joined by Candace, and we are going to be talking about episode four of this series that we're watching. Hi. Uh, I'm hurt. I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm offended. Yeah. yeah deeply yeah. offended. Deeply offended. There's yeah. a lot happening, and like none of it's good. <laughs> yeah. None of it. Not one thing is good. I keep trying to find the good in this show because I want to like it. Yeah. I want to feel positive about it. I want to support black filmmakers. I want, you know, more more content featuring people who look like me. Like, it's all I want. So mm-hmm. it's hard because I feel like when you are a marginalized person, right, if you're a woman and you watch a movie that's directed by a woman, you you really try to like it, right? Like, I sat there and watched Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman and I really tried to ignore the fact that it's actually about Steve the entire movie. Like, mm-hmm. I really tried to ignore it. And I was unsuccessful. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there were a lot of people who were successful, right? So much so that we got a second Wonder Woman movie. Which, quite frankly, was not better. And now mm-hmm. we have no third Wonder Woman movie, which I think is just desserts. And I'm glad for that because now we can waste less money um, <laughs> on media that isn't going to be good anyway. So I feel like when there's, you know, if there's a trans filmmaker that's making a movie about their life experience or about, you know, a book or a work that's important to our community, right? Like, I'm non-binary. I try to watch that, right? Because I want to see more like it. Disney just released Strange World, finally, that they did not market well at all. It is a beautiful movie. I had a wonderful time watching it. I can't believe they only put it in theaters. I am COVID risk-averse. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the movies to see it, you know. I, I just it just wasn't important enough to me to, you know, be in a theater full of people coughing and sneezing and getting mm-hmm. COVID. Um, or else I would have seen it the first day it came out. I got to watch it on Disney Plus. It's wonderful. Um, and I will recommend that other people watch media like this to be good allies, right? Crazy Rich Asians came out. I'm not an Asian person, but a lot of my friends are, and I want them to have more media. So I went to go see Crazy Rich Asians. I paid my money, and I tried to show the studios that this is something you should be devoting more time to this is something you should give more chances and opportunities to this culture this community of people like they deserve representation and Mm -hmm. i had a lovely time now do i even like romantic comedies like that not really i'm more of an indie person when it comes to romantic comedies and that movie is very much just like you've got mail with asian people but like that's what we needed at that time right we Mm -hmm. needed something that was just a basic romantic comedy that just happened to have asian people in it so that white people would go see it largely and support it and show that yes you can have an asian leading man that's not keanu reeves yes you can have you know an asian lead that's a woman right without there Mm -hmm. being some kind of like danger of other women who aren't asian not seeing themselves in her right like it was really important that they released that movie when they did, because now we're seeing a lot more films starring Asian and Swana people. And I think that that's awesome because we really, really need that, right? Like that's something that we need fairly desperately uh, are more movies about marginalized marginalized POVs so that you can understand where other people are coming from and we can hopefully get over the racism and issues that we have in this country because we'll be coming from a place of understanding rather than fear, right? It's super important. Pop culture plays such an incredibly important role in understanding each other and understanding the world around us, especially for people out there who are xenophobic just because 
they don't have any people that aren't white anywhere near them, right? There, there's still people who live in areas of this country that are completely white. There's no anybody, right? It's just white mm-hmm. people. And they have no way of not being a little racist because they don't know any black people. They don't know any Hispanic people. They don't know any Latin people or Mena mm-hmm. people. Or, you know what I'm saying? They have no idea who these people are, how different they are, right? So mm-hmm. showing them pop culture that goes, hey, their problems are your problems too. They just also have these added prejudices to deal with is really helpful because then that mm-hmm. person has a jumping off point to understand people that are not like them. Yeah. So when I watch this show, I don't watch it as an ally, obviously, because I'm black. I watch it as somebody who is looking for themselves in the media. I watch it as mm-hmm. someone who wants to see a book that changed my life, like literally changed my life. Like I read this book when I was 19 years old and it absolutely turned the world of literature on its head for me. Like I, it, it, it was a transformation in my mind and mm-hmm. the topic especially my first boyfriend in college, he was white. Like it was important for me to read about Dana's understanding of her interracial relationship and what it meant for her to be in love with someone who was inherently incapable of understanding her at that time. Right. Like it was important for me to read that so that I could understand how to better educate the person that I was dating at the time so that I would, I could be understood in a way that Dana was not right. There were so many layers to that book of importance to me and watching this show on FX, every single layer, every single shred, every single crumb of what makes that book a masterpiece Mm -hmm. has been completely stripped away. Like it's been stripped away. It's been bleached and left to dry out in the sun. Like it has been ground into a fine powder and sold to people for the masses. Like it is, horrible and i did not think that it would be horrible i knew it wasn't going to be great right Mm -hmm. the hobbit is one book that can be read in an afternoon by any fifth grader in america right like it's not a complicated read it's not a long read right it's not lord of the rings it's not like hundreds of thousands of pages Mm -hmm. long right it's it's a fairly straightforward book and peter jackson chose to turn it into three two and a half hour movies which is insane right Mm -hmm. that adaptation is bad can you still watch it yes it is not unwatchable it's just bad right especially if you're a fan of the book you want to go off the rails you want to tell a story outside of the story that's in the book mists of avalon mists of avalon is a masterpiece it's a masterwork it's phenomenal um it is thick like you want to talk about a thick girl of a book like that book is like thunder thighs thick man it is dense right Mm -hmm. it's a pleasure to read but there's a lot of words in that book and they are in fine ass print like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's serious book they made a mini series that was like a three-hour mini series out of that gigantic book and like that was better than kindred and i just i i i i don't understand the choices made i don't know why somebody would would do these things uh, why someone would make the decisions these people are making in this book. I mean, in this movie. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't... I'm struggling. Like, I'm struggling. Like, I'm really hoping by the last episode they're going to give us information as to why they made all of these changes because, like, no... Not one... Not, not a single change has been revealed as to why they felt it was necessary. If anything, the changes... Yeah 
have really dark implications for future episodes. Like, I can understand you being like, hey, I want to make this into like a actual series. So I'm going to use this, but very, very loosely. I can understand that. I can understand a retelling. Like, these are all things I can understand. What I mm-hmm. don't understand is like the blatant disregard for the original mm-hmm. work. Like, yep. and essentially making it like an alternate history. Like, yes. they're like, yeah, there was slavery, but like, not in the same way. Like, they are making it sound like people had choice, that yes. it wasn't that hard, that yes. they had livable conditions. Yes. And I, it enrages me because I feel like it follows an agenda. Yeah. And part of me wonders if it's because there's been a large, uh, a large national conversation among mm-hmm. black people, right? About two things. Uh, and I want to say it probably started back in 2016, 2017, because I remember mm-hmm. as early as sorry to bother you, I was hearing about um, this kind of thing. But I think I feel like the conversation first started to pick up like in 2016, 2017, which is to say that when you have art, right, whether that's media, whether that's music, whether that's, you know, uh, written word, right, no matter what kind of art it is, when you Mm -hmm. have art that's made by a marginalized person and you yourself are of that same marginalized group, judging it is different than someone outside of that group judging it right Mm -hmm. so like a lot of people were like i don't understand like sorry to bother you i personally enjoyed sorry to bother you but a lot of people were like it's good but it's not as good as people are saying that it is and it's because there were a lot of white people who were going to see it who weren't quite understanding the point of the movie right who were just praising it because it was by a black person and they wanted to like look good and it made them look good to like sorry to bother you right which is totally that's that's absolutely something that's been going on forever people did not understand Frida Kahlo right white people weren't like oh I get Frida Kahlo and the liberation she's talking about in her art no they did not (laughs) they did not understand they were just like Mexican-American artist woman artist amazing so cool Mm -hmm. very progressive a plus girl put it on the wall right like they weren't Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily like a deep-seated understanding of this experience through her artwork, yeah. right? Maybe for some people. I'm not saying not every, every, no one understood it. But I'm saying like the average person wasn't like, I, I understand this work, right? Yeah. So when I look at like black media, if it's not that good, I can say it's not that good. But it's hard because you want it to be good, right? Like you want it to be good. Yeah. You want people to get another chance. You want there to be more media. So like I'm watching this and I'm just like... Yes, it feels like an agenda, right? That's part of it. Is it feels like an agenda. Like some mm-hmm. white person in a sh- some shadowy villain was like, hey, black yeah. people, do your best. And then I'm going to come in and change it at the last minute, which we know studios do, right? So it could be yeah. it could be somebody else. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, is it Darren Aronofsky? Is it him? Because like some of his movies really go off the rails in a bad way. And I feel like mm-hmm. he's not good at following his own story. So maybe that's what happened, right? Like maybe he came in at the last moment and was like, listen, I'm a good person to talk to yeah. about mind fucks in cinema because, like, I did that one fucking movie that one time, right, that was, like, a total mind fuck, guys. <laughs> like, you guys should let me fucking touch your project, right? Like, I, part of me does wonder if it's his fault. Yeah. Because, like, why else would he put his name on something so bad? Um, but then also, like, the second part of the problem that I'm having with it mm-hmm. is, like, there's a conversation simultaneously happening about black trauma in, in media, right? 
since 12 Years a Slave, mm-hmm. people have kind of soured on movies and shows depicting racism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mostly slavery. Same thing with, with, with TTRPGs, right? I'm in the TTRPG community. There are a lot of TTRPGs because it's all about being a hero, right? So to be a hero, mm-hmm. there has to be a problem. There needs to be a conflict to solve. And there are a lot of white people that play TTRPGs and write TTRPGs. So there's an inordinate amount of, of TTRPGs, including Dungeons & Dragons, that lean very heavily on slavery as something mm-hmm. they can vanquish, right? It turns into mm. Avatar the TTRPG, right? White savior shit where, like, you know, we're going to free these orcs from their bonds, right? We're going to liberate these drow from their undercommons or where, whatever you call the areas yeah. they're from, right? The underdark. But like it be, but but having that scenario, right, reduces the creature that you're saving to a stereotype. So orcs, black stereotype, goblins, sometimes used as Jewish stereotypes, right? Both of those marginalized people have experienced a genocidal level like happenings in their in their time, right? From slavery to the Holocaust. Like we have both of those marginalized groups have experienced great violence at the hands of white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, right? So like Having this show come out now after all this discussion has happened in our communities about not watching. Mm -hmm. I mean, Will Smith's Emancipation movie, right? Granted, he fucked up this year at the Oscars. People are already kind of not interested in watching anything he does anyway. But like a lot of black people are like, I'm not watching Emancipation. It's just more fucking torture torture porn. Them, that show that's on Prime right about Mm -hmm. the black family that moves into the white neighborhood my parents couldn't stomach it Mm -hmm. my mom had to turn it off she was just like i can't like a lot of that is not for black people right it's for white people yeah because white people need to understand how bad it was white people need to understand the experience that happened white people need to understand that what what happened back then is now coming home to roost today and has been roosting Mm -hmm. for 300 years right like there's a lot of of learning and education and information that goes into movies like that but black people watch them because we're like, oh, this is for us. You know, this is something we're starring people that look like us. I'll support my favorite actor. And then we're in a movie theater, the only black person in the theater crying our eyes out because we're just like, this is awful. Why did I put myself yeah. in this? Right. So there are a lot of people who are just like, I'm good. I'm not going to co-sign on that. So part of me wonders if like the reason that this is the story is being told in this way is because it's supposed they're trying to make it more empowering for Dana Mm -hmm. as a black woman in 2016. And they're trying to make it more empowering for white men and white people who love their black family. Right. By not making all of the white people so harsh the way that they are in the book. I think they're trying to kind of soften that blow and encourage allyship. But in my opinion, Mm -hmm. this is not the fucking way, man, this is not the way to do it. Like they could have like, I'm just going to put this out there. If they had done everything the same, Except they decided to make Kevin a loving and supportive husband. Mm-hmm. It would have disappointed me because it would have blurred the lines of the story. But the yeah. basic narrative structure and the basic plot arc would still be intact. So I would have mm-hmm. been like, you know what? I'll look the other way. That would have given me like a B minus rating on this show. If they did everything yeah. the way that it was done in the book, except Kevin was good. I would have been like, that's not the best. I don't love that. Right. Mm hmm. It's not my favorite. B minus. Mm-hmm. Like I would have been a, it would have been a generous, a generous B score for me with nice yeah. Kevin. But they're just like, 
well, Kevin is air quotes nice. And it's in 2016. Mm -hmm. We're not going to reveal to you why it's in 2016. There's no particular reason yet as to why it needs Mm -hmm. to be in the past future uh, of the book. They're like, they're just like handing us like garbage that's been spray painted gold. And they're like, isn't this great? And I'm like, Oh man, I don't want to insult the people who worked on this book. I don't want to be terrible about it. I don't want to be rude yeah. or mean or offensive, but it is really a challenge to love it. It's See, a it's a hard... challenge to even like it. Mm-hmm. The hard part for me is I am very prone to liking things. Like most books I read get five star reviews. Most mm-hmm. movies I watch I give A pluses because I am very easy to please. Mm-hmm. And I am disappointed and sad every single time I watch one of these episodes. Like, I love things. I like being happy. I like enjoying things. I don't really criticize things when I watch them, which is probably an issue because I miss some, like, subtle things that I'm like, oh, you know, then, like, talking with you or talking with other people, I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, that is fucked up. But I'm just like, I don't criticize things. I turn my little brain off and I watch it. And I'm like, oh, that was a good movie. And then, you know, I, like, I did, I started that way with this. I was like, okay, it's not going to be terrible. I'll just turn my little brain off and I'm going to enjoy it as a movie. It's already episode one. I was like, it's very different from the book. It's fine. You know, we'll get through it. But like halfway, not even halfway, like five minutes into episode two, I was like, I'm not happy. And I, Mm-mm. that is not a reaction I have most of the times I watch something. Like, yeah that's just not really my experience as a movie watching person. Like I just, no. I'm it's, it's just a strange phenomenon for me because like, you know, sometimes I'll pick things apart, but I'll still be like, it was not terrible. It was fine. Like it's okay. Mm-hmm. But like actively hating a movie is not a feeling I'm familiar with. And I'm very uncomfortable about it. Yeah. I, I absolutely understand what you mean. I'm also, so I'm not as easygoing as all that. I wish I was. Um, but like, I sat in the movie theater and I watched all three new Star Wars sequels, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a relatively new Star Wars fan. I've only been into it for like 10 years because I was not presented it in the right way. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just fair. was like, I don't understand this. I don't like it. It's dumb, right? I like Star mm-hmm. Trek. Um over time, I was able to understand better um, what I was watching and what I was looking at. And when I went to the theater to watch the new ones, I could recognize all of the shades of the original three that they had tried mm-hmm. to recreate, right, in some of the movies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the best thing in the world, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world either. And I watched it and I was fine with it. And like, I just kind of wanted to go to the movies to enjoy myself, right? I mm-hmm. wasn't going to the movies to be like, fuck this. The Last Jedi. I was like, at the end of it, I was like, that was actually pretty good. Like, I don't I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with it. A lot of people were upset. I felt really vindicated and validated in my experience because I had a nice time. I set out mm-hmm. to go to the movie theater, enjoy the movie, and I enjoyed the movie and went home, right? Like, to yeah. me, that's the best. That's, that's the best you could ask for 
from any movie going experience, right? From any television mm-hmm. watching experience. You watched it, you felt a good sense of, you know, yeah, or whatever, and then you go yeah. home. That doesn't mean that when I watched fucking episode nine, I wasn't like, this is hot garbage, right? Like, yeah. I can recognize that something is not great, even if I'm trying to enjoy it, right? Same with you. Like, if something's not great, and sometimes things are not great, and I'm willing to turn the other cheek. If it's mm-hmm. good enough, yeah. If it's good enough, I don't care. I'll look, if, if it's entertaining enough, I'll be like, you know what? This is really cheesy. It's terrible. Queen of the Damned. You want to talk about fucking book <laughs> movies that are like, that are just off the rails with the story from the book. Like, yeah. Queen of the Damned is not a sequel to Interview with the Vampire, the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the movies have nothing to do with each other. There's, like, maybe one or two tiny Easter eggs that you can sort of see if you're really looking hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, 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 it's funny for all the wrong reasons. It's corny. It's oh overacted. It's melodramatic. Like, it's ridiculous. Okay. It's ridiculous. It's got a slamming soundtrack, but it mm-hmm. is a ridiculous movie. I love that movie. I will die on a mountain for that movie. Okay. It's bad. I'm not going to lie. It's terrible. And as adaptations are, are, as far as adaptations are concerned, Anne Rice was livid. She was like, this is not my movie. I don't know anything about this. Don't ask me about it. Don't look at mm-hmm. me. Don't talk to me. Just send me yeah. my royalty check and be done with it. Right. Like, the author was not okay with it Mm -hmm. i love that movie i do not care like i don't care right so this is what i'm saying i can put it i can put the book aside Mm -hmm. and go well you know you just threw that right out the fucking door (laughs) you put the book right in the trash directly into the bin and we're like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make whatever the fuck i want fine Mm -hmm. respect do it but but that movie is not offensive right yeah that movie yes. doesn't retcon like all the beautiful things that Anne Rice tried to say about like Lestat, right? The, the source material wasn't changing anyone's life other than giving them an interesting story about the, the lifelong shenanigans of a vampire, right? That's literally mm-hmm. what the what the books are about. It's about this lifelong uh, matriarchal line right extending from ancient egypt to now of these vampires specifically one named lestat right like that's what it's really trying to do it's not trying to do any heavy lifting about historical facts it's not trying to educate you about slavery it's not trying to give you information about religion like it's not trying to download you on anything other than this Mm -hmm. made-up world and the vampires that live in it right so like when that's off book when game of thrones is off book even game of thrones terrible things happen at the end of that show compared to the book yeah terrible things happen to that show to the point where it's largely unwatchable by most people standards right yeah you can watch up to like season five and then you got to stop you can watch like select episodes of the other seasons right like Mm -hmm. a lot of people are just like i washed my hands of this no right yeah it's still not as bad as this show (laughs) like this show is just like this show is like hey this is a book about serious information like if somebody tried to make I don't know, the boy in the striped pajamas. Mm-hmm. But they were like, instead of it being a boy, he's going to be a man. And instead of striped pajamas, he's going to be wearing plaid pants. I've never and seen instead this. of a Nazi camp, it's going to be flashbacks to his grandfather in a Nazi prison and mm-hmm. him trying to understand the meaning it has on his life in 2016. Jewish people would be like, no. <laughs> I've never seen the boy in striped pajamas. So it's about a little boy during the Holocaust. Like, I've read the yeah. book. Same thing with Night by uh, Elie Wiesel, right? Okay. Like, I've read both of those texts. They're very beautifully written. Um, mm-hmm. 
they're intense they're very personal um because they're like fairly true accounts of like what happened right one is like okay. an actual biography an autobiography of 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 Wiesel's experience right mm-hmm. um in in the internment camps and i believe the other one is based in reality but is written by um like just written by an author it's not it's not like a okay. you know an, an, an autobiography or anything so i can't remember i could be wrong it's been decades since i've read either of them but mm-hmm. both of those both of those books are sacred narratives and reflections on something that that's serious on something that continues to affect people around mm-hmm. the world right we still see the the swastikas and the ss symbols that helped oppress those people in our everyday life right like iron crosses and shit like in our everyday life like it's very much still here there's a record of all of that no one's forgotten it right the like new york times recently like this is what i'm saying like people yeah. people have 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 devoted their lives to understanding and dissecting and, and analyzing the literature mm-hmm. and the movies and like you know what i'm saying like it's it's important and I couldn't imagine if somebody came out with like a Bobo version of one of those like texts. If somebody tried to do like the diary of Anne Frank as like a SpongeBob cartoon, like what? No, you would never do that. That's in poor taste. That's disgusting. You want to make sure that you are honoring this person's memory. Right. And granted Mm -hmm. two of the the books that I just mentioned, they're they're autobiographical, right? Like mm-hmm. it would be extremely shitty to do that to an autobiography. But when even when you're talking about just works that are about the Holocaust, right? Works mm-hmm. that are about the Japanese being in internment camps in World War II, right? When you read works that are about slavery, right? Or mm-hmm. about the horrors that happened on the other side of the civil rights movement, right? When you read stories like that, that people have crafted, that they have taken the time to diligently research and give mm-hmm. the appropriate amount of breath and life and respect to, and then you just kind of crumble it up in favor of your own story, like you know better. Like to yeah. me, that's like that's disrespectful shit. And again, like I really do wonder if if it's if it's an attempt to make this, I don't know, more empowering. So you're not just showing miserable black people for the millionth time, right? But like what's beautiful about Butler's work is that that's not how the book reads at all. The book mm-hmm. is empowering because these people that are enslaved have found their own empowerment in the mm-hmm. face of great challenge, in the face of ab- of abject torture and humiliation. They have found a way to rise above and to carve a new path for themselves. So much so that Dana needs to come back to interfere to make sure she is born. Mm-hmm. That's so like colossal right like yeah that's that's revolutionary right like tony morrison's beloved revolutionary where you're having a conversation about enslaved people killing their babies because they know that like the man that owns that baby now because Mm -hmm. they've had it right they've been forced to have this child it's technically the plantation owner's kid and they're going to come for it and they're going to sell it and they're going to make money off of it and they're going to beat it and they're going to rape it and they're going to brutalize it. Right. And being mm-hmm. like, I can't do this to my child. I can't do this to my child. I can't do this to anyone and killing their baby in their cradle. Like it was an extreme time and extreme things happened. 
because yeah. people had no choices. There were literally no options, right? There are horror stories. I mean, too many to count. So the idea that they're not portraying any of that is is absolute just garbage. And then, like, I know we've talked a lot about our reaction to this. We haven't really yeah. gone through the recap of it. Yeah. It's fine. We'll get into it but, in a second. <laughs> like, I just... There were some moments in this that I just couldn't... I just couldn't bear. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't bear them. <laughs> and, um... I, I just... I'm, I was at a loss for what to say. My notes are super short and they're all sarcastic. Like they're all like, they're all angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, let's, let's get into our notes. I think, I think we built up the recap reaction pretty well yeah. for this. So let's, let's talk about episode four. Okay. So, um, we start off with white people. These fucking neighbors, yo. I can't. These fucking neighbors. I, I can't I, with these. I can't with these neighbors, dude. I can't. Like They're just so they, unrealistic. I just don't understand what they're doing, right? They can't decide what kind of neighbors they want. Do you want nosy no. neighbors that are pieces of shit? Or do you want neighbors that are genuinely concerned for this lady's safety? I know. Is the, is the, is the guy fed up with his wife and her meddling? Or is he the bad guy? Like, which is it, man? Make up I've your seen mind. my neighbors like, like four times in my yeah. like. I've never, ever like. Okay, here's the thing: I was drunk as a skunk Christmas. I know I was screaming in my own home because um, we were playing Fortnite, mm-hmm. and I was drunk. So you know <laughs> that's just some things. I could not imagine my neighbors coming over and. You okay over there? Like, n- no, that doesn't happen. That does not happen. And then when you say yes, demand to see you. Yeah, that not even remotely realistic. Like, and my neighbors, we've had conversations. They know us. Like, we bonded through the hurricane. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it would not be weird for them to, like, come to my door. Right. And still, they have never come to my house and been like, hello, you guys doing okay in there? Like, that doesn't happen. That has no. never happened in my entire life. Our, like, the neighborhood I lived at before was swatted. And still, nobody was, like, ever knocking on that door. Yeah, I don't... I completely agree. Like, there's... They can't decide why they're going over there. Yeah. Like, they go over because it's loud. But they also go over because they got to make sure that she's not getting her ass kicked. But they also go over because, like, this is a certain kind of neighborhood. And, like, yeah. it's, they're like, oh, we really care about the girl. But then they're also complaining about her on the fucking neighborhood app. Yeah. Why and is I'm the like, neighborhood app in there so much? Like, did they have a partnership deal? I don't understand, especially because, like, I know about, so it's, I don't think that that's, like, the, I don't know if that's the actual name of the app that I've used. I think the app I've used is called Citizen. I use Neighborhood. And Nextdoor. Okay. No, Nextdoor is what I use. Right. That's what I was thinking it was. Yeah. Okay, never So mind. this, I think, is supposed to be, like, a hybrid kind of deal of yeah. those kinds of apps. 
And the reason I use Citizen is because a friend of mine, her dad was uh, was was driving. He's very old and he was driving his car Mm -hmm. and somebody hit him Mm -hmm. and it was the lady's fault. And she was like a younger white lady. And my friend is Indian, right? Her dad is Indian. And um, and he's old. He's like in his 90s. So like he was driving very slow because he's old, right? He was just in his neighborhood. He was like going around the corner to like the grocery store and coming back. He wasn't driving long distances or anything crazy. And this Mm -hmm. lady was like speeding and got to like a stop sign or something and tried to swerve around him and cut him off, but like then hit his car. Like it was really ridiculous. So he ended up being okay. But the woman like tried to act like it was his fault because he was driving really slow. So like she she went on the citizen app and like started to kind of like lambast him and like just make all these like really shitty assertions and my friend told me about it and that's why i downloaded the citizens app and i looked at it because i was like i want to know what this lady is saying and there were people that were like we were there that's not how it happened so like Mm -hmm. i remember like kind of going on there and and writing a statement like for their family or whatever to be like hi so this is what happened we have footage like there's dash cam like don't worry about it right like it, it was not his fault please make sure that you're driving slowly in the neighborhood like if it wasn't him you could have killed a kid outside playing right like yeah. please address your your problem so i know that there pe- people definitely use it for evil like my parents look at it all the time if there's a robbery there's always at least one one white person on there like well, were they black right like every time right like it, yeah. it sows that disc that discord which is why mm-hmm. i'm so surprised that this lady is like in one breath concerned about this black woman and her safety, but in the next is like, hey, here's the address to this house that's a troublemaking house in our neighborhood. Literally. Do you guys know about it, right? In a, in a time when people wield that information to SWAT you, like, people were absolutely yeah. getting SWATed in 2016, so it's not as though, like, well, it's like you know what I mean? Why like, is Kevin so unsafe. Why is Kevin in this neighborhood app, even? You know, because, because he's not even in that neighborhood. It's because he's white and all white people are going to have this fucking app on their phone, obviously. Right. Like, okay. I don't, so I have so a quick then, story. Then they're, oh, sorry. Yes, please. No, no. I was just going to say, why are they, why don't, why don't they have any fucking clothes on? Like I, we Literally. get that question answered, but I asked it because I was uh, like, me too. so what the, they have their underwear, but no other clothes. Sure. <laughs> all right. So Good. I have a similar experience of the reason I'm in our, I was in our old neighborhood Facebook group is mm-hmm. because one of the ladies in the neighborhood, um, she was a white lady. She mm-hmm. uploaded a photo of this teenage boy um, who happened to be a uh, black boy in the neighborhood and was like, this kid stole a package off my porch and like mm. uploaded this photo of a teenage boy. Woof. So it turns out what had happened is this kid was visiting his friend and uh, the package got delivered to the wrong address because our neighborhood has two streets that are like the whole neighborhood I lived in. Two streets mm-hmm. that were exactly the same, except one was circle and one was mm-hmm. not. One was circle mm-hmm. east, one was not. Mm-hmm. So therefore, a lot of the house packages would end up on the other street with like mm-hmm. numbers that are really close. Mm-hmm. So this boy was visiting his friend and the mom was like, hey, this package got delivered here wrong. Can one of you guys just walk it over? And he mm-hmm. walked it over and recorded it on Snapchat, put it down, left. And she just like blasted this random kid on Facebook because she Out assumed he stole the package. And like people were making all these like god awful comments about this kid, mm-hmm. like super racist comments. And mm-hmm. like everybody was losing it. And then she had like, when she got home, she also she filed a police report before she even got home. Wow. Yeah. So then 
She gets home, realizes the package was there because this kid dropped it off. And uh, basically had to go on a public apology and be like, I'm not racist. This is but what this anybody would have right? assumed. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about it's that like, one. like, A, no, they wouldn't have. And B, yeah. even if they did, at the end of the day, right, like, she might do a public apology, but what about all those fucking sick fucks that are in the chat, like, mm-hmm. probably wishing harm and death on this kid? Like, that's how, yeah. that is how Trevon Martin died. Mm-hmm. That's literally, that's like, like, he was in a neighborhood, somebody didn't like him there, somebody challenged him, he was like, I can walk wherever I want, it's a free country, and then got shot. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. Yeah. So, like, it's not a joke, right? Like, same same with that lady in, in what, 2020, I think, that called the police on that guy that was in uh, Central Park bird watching. Mm-hmm. He was just birding. Like, he was just, like, he, he was, like, into the Audubon Society and was looking for birds in Central Park, minding his business. And a lady was walking her dog off leash. And he was like, can you please leash your dog? Like, yeah. dogs are not supposed to be off leash in Central Park. There's signs everywhere. Can you please leash your dog? Mm-hmm. And she was like, if you come anywhere near me, I'm going to call the police and tell them a black man is stalking me. Like immediately went to, I'm going to call the police and tell them a black man is stalking me because he was like, please leash your dog. He offered her dog treats out of his pocket to like make friends with the dog to make sure the dog like wouldn't attack him or think that he was a threat in any way. And this woman's like, what are you going to do to my dog? Assumes this black man is going to harm her dog. Yeah. And still doesn't just put him on the leash. If I'm in a situation where I'm afraid of somebody, even in a racist way, right? I'm a little mm-hmm. white lady and I'm, there's a big black man. And I'm like, oh, no, I've seen this movie. Terrible things are going to happen to me in the park. Oh, no. Right. Even if that's mm-hmm. the case. If this man is like, leash your fucking dog. I'm leashing the dog. The dog is going to protect yeah. me if the man steps toward me. He'll better protect me on the leash. I'm leashing my fucking dog. I don't care. I don't yeah. give a shit that this man had to tell me to leash my dog. If he's like, please leash your dog. I don't want any fucking static. I'm leashing my dog and I'm moving out of that area. All right. I'm not arguing with him and threatening to call the police on him because guess what? I'm afraid for my life. I'm not trying to get this man shot in the middle of Central Park, but that lady didn't care, which is why she phrased it like that. Right. Yeah. She specifically said, I'm going to call the cops and tell them a black man Mm -hmm. is harassing and threatening me in Central Park. Like that is some other shit, man. Like, that is some other yeah. shit. That is such a leap from where we started. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it always, it always, like, is a mount, like, her, goes from a, goes from a fucking molehill into, like, a mountain. Like, every time, right? It's always, yeah. like, zero to 300,000 fucking <laughs> degrees in two minutes, right? Suddenly you're coming in hot. Like, and without recognizing that, right? Without understanding that, without giving time and space to that right? Mm -hmm. To the understanding that that's a problem that we all have to look out for, right? Stereotyping, saying things that are potentially bigoted, right? Because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of things that are built into our our language that we don't know are offensive too, right? There's behaviors that people don't necessarily know are offensive, you know? And you have to be like, hey, buddy, so here's why that's a problem so that people can learn, Mm -hmm. you know? But people don't want to (laughs) learn, so they just keep doing whatever they're doing, you know? Like, I mean, even down to Dana, like, She's this character that should have basic black history knowledge and doesn't. I just, I don't understand because it's like, I, if, okay, let's, let's work under the assumption that they're making this movie for white people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's just, we'll just start there as our base level. I, I know like 
and a, a, a small bit of my family history. I know enough, you know, mm-hmm. to be functional. Like I know up to my great grandmother, I know our like family names enough. Like 200 years ago was not that long ago. No. Realistically. Like no. you would have probably heard that at some point, some family gathering, someone would have been like, Oh yeah. Everybody in your family has that ge- geology relative. Like genealogy relative, not geology. That's mm-hmm. rocks, right? I don't, I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, everybody's got a genealogy relative. You're telling me that one, Dana's did not have that genealogy relative. Two, she has never, ever, she cl- just cleaned out her grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. Never saw anything whatsoever about her family history. And even that I can understand to a certain extent, right? We find out a little bit more in these, the next couple episodes, right? About the fact that uh, Dana's grandmother wasn't a nice person, right? People had a problem with her. They had a hard time with her. Um, I can understand that. I get Mm -hmm. that, right? My grandmother was also not the most pleasant person in the world um, on my dad's side. Just not not the best person. Um, Part of that is because of how they were treated when they were younger, how they were brought up, the way the world was, right? Like... I understand yeah. why a lot of those people were miserable. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't keep me from knowing things about that side of my family. Yeah. And to your point, she's going through the house, had to empty everything out. She just like, what, was dumping boxes? Like like family photo albums. <laughs> like, yeah. My like, grandmother has photo albums of like fucking 1800. I've no, I have no yeah. idea who any of these people are. But like. Right, but you've got there's, pictures. Yeah. There's like little labels. Like anything. Like. I don't understand how they, okay, again, assuming this is like now a 30-something-year-old in 2023. So, Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going in based on that knowledge because, like, yeah, 2016 was not that long ago, but, like, I can't think of, Mm -hmm. like, that doesn't relate to me, so I'm relating to the now. Right. Most 30-something-year-olds are have some sort of, like, act of preservation for their family history. Mm Mm-hmm. It's some way so, to keep the tradition alive. Yes. Yeah, it's so extremely rare. Like by the time that you're like 30, like even by my age, like if you said, okay, this is like an 18 year old, I could be like, okay, maybe they don't care. Like, fine. That happens. You know, mm-hmm. you don't usually start caring about your family history until you're like 23. You know, you're like mm-hmm. getting that real adult vibe and you're like, okay, this is important stuff I need to save. Most 18 year olds right. still would probably save it. Yeah, but I can. Well, I, can I mean, be like, if, okay, if I only get it. So you have an example of what to do or what not to do, right? How yeah. to be or how not to be. Even if it's like not saved well, you mm-hmm. know, like you put the freaking photo albums in the basement, you don't realize. Okay, there's a little bit of moisture in the air; they're getting moldy. Right. Like something, yes. you know, you put them in a weird closet that you're like, yeah, they're just. I don't know what to do with them. Should you I digitize them one day? Yeah, yes. like nobody would just be like, oh yeah, these photo albums I can never get back. Let me just throw them away. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, me either. I'm not, I don't understand like why she's so comfortable being detached too. Yeah. Like she's comfortable being kind of just like lost like lost to that knowledge and that part of herself 
Yeah. But she's also not like usually when someone feels untethered from like a family history or something, a mm -hmm. lot of times they do what they can to make their own mythology. Right. Mm -hmm. Like right now is a really, you know, kind of familial time where we're recording this, you know, right after the holidays. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you a lot of my queer friends. Right. Have had really terrible experiences over the holiday mm -hmm. with their families. Right. Yeah. One person I saw had driven an hour and a half to her family's house, was like maybe had one more hour of driving left. And her parents wrote her and were like, hey, so, you know, now that you're on your way, we just want to let you know we're going to be referring to you by your birth name and gender. Um, we're really sorry. That's the only thing. We're going to do everything else to make you comfortable. Um, but there are other people here that we also need to make sure are comfortable. We're just, you know, mm. putting the house together now. And we're just letting you know that, you know, that we're not we're not able to 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 work with you like that but you are welcome here which mm -hmm. like they're not welcome if you're not going to like treat them the way they want to be treated right like that, that's the first thing you learn as a kid is to treat others the way they want to be treated right the way you want to be treated with the respect and the kindness and the care and the compassion that you would want someone to have for you so like not only does she have to like agree to put up with abuse mm -hmm. knowledge like the abuse they have knowledge of they know they're mm -hmm. doing this to her but on top of that, she's already driven an hour and a half. She's already wasted her gas. She's already wasted her time. Her mm -hmm. partner was with her. So mm -hmm. that's not just one person signing on to do, to go through that. It's two. Mm -hmm. And then you're purposely going to tell her after she leaves her house because you know she's not going to want to make that drive before. She turned around. She was like, I'm yeah. going home. She's like, I'm going home. I don't care. It's been an hour and a half. I'm going to see if I can stop somewhere, get a bagel <laughs> and go home, whatever. Get yep. a snack and go home. Like... That's horrible, right? There are mm -hmm. people out there right now that, like, can't go home because their wife is black. Mm -hmm. They can't go home because their husband is Asian and their parents think that he brought the Chinese flu, right? Like, there are people out there who have real problems with their families and are mm -hmm. trying to rise above, right? Or trying to salvage these relationships or trying mm -hmm. to find a way around it, right? Like, this is something that is active, especially in 2016. That's, like, the crux. That was, like, mm -hmm. the jumping off point, the tipping of the scale. So, like, yeah. the idea that she's fine just kind of muddling about in her family history, like, so many people, especially marginalized people who are alienated from their family or their partner's family because they are marginalized, right? A lot of us, and I mean, even, even I think Gen Z, like, even Gen Z with, like, the assortment of terrible parents that some Gen Z people have, right? Mm -hmm. There's this understanding of found family, chosen family, right? This mm -hmm. theme, Steven Universe, one of the best children shows of all time, all about chosen family, right? Mm -hmm. All about found family and the relationships that you can create and cultivate in the face of bigotry and harm that someone else is trying to do to you and the people you love, right? Like that's mm -hmm. one of the major plot themes of that cartoon. Tons and tons of media out there about found family, right? Mm -hmm. Every TTRPG game I play in, it's about found family because it's, a, it's such a strong and important theme that matters. My family, when we moved to Pennsylvania, there were three other families of color. Everyone else was white. And guess who was the, invited to our Thanksgiving every year? Those families of color. Did we mm -hmm. all get along miraculously? Eh, kind of. There was one lady who was like a little shitty. There was another guy who was like a little standoffish. But like what was what made more like of a of a ripple effect was making sure that all of these biracial and 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 marginalized kids could grow up seeing other people like them having relationships and understandings mm -hmm. and friendships and bonds right familial bonds with other kids who look like them without having to drive seven hours to you know georgia or seven hours to you know whatever state that your family is from or three and a half hours for me to go to new york to visit my family that lived there right so mm -hmm. 
like that's been a theme forever, right? Like found family is not new. It's just kind of coming into its heyday now because so many more people, especially Gen Z and millennials are seeking found family as a way to subvert the, the, the obvious disparities and how they've been raised by their parents and who their parents are now. Right. It's a national reckoning, arguably. Mm -hmm. So, how is she not trying to at least cultivate that? Like she has no principles. She mm -hmm. has no standards. She has no understanding of life, right? It's not yeah. even like she's subverting like her own history in favor of this new one with people that understand her better or something, right? It's not even like that's happening. She just is clueless. Yeah. And like I'm just like, so what? Has no friends, you know? no, no family, no None. job, no seemingly history of working. Nothing. N nothing like not even like college friends like you could be like oh no. yeah my friend from college like nothing nope nothing like i am heavily introverted and i still have quite a few friends so yeah. i can't imagine someone who is seemingly decently extroverted yeah not having friends or even like a history of friendships even like if you're like okay she just moved to la you cool. You could at least have friends. somebody text message yeah. back home. Yep. Truly. Text message them. Oh, hey, checking in. And then her aunt and uncle, you'd think if she's that alone, right? Mm -hmm. And she has nothing tethering her to this world. She'd be nicer to her aunt and uncle. Yeah. And she can't even manage to be kind to them. And yeah. like the idea too, right? Like if my mom disappeared when I was a kid and I thought that she was dead this whole time and then found out, no, she got transported to the past. And it's something that she and I both share, which like, by the way, is like the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. But like, if that happened to me in my life, I wouldn't begrudge my mom for leaving me still. Right. Like literally this, this whole plot subverts. She goes to see her mom. She's like, what did you give me? You poisoned me. Her mom's like, no, 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 not at all. Like I didn't, I didn't poison you. You were always going to be better. Like, you yeah, know, I just scared that you'd go back in time right just to prove you could go and then she's like well you can come with me because this ring that you gave me also came with me through the fucking hole so don't worry yeah. about it you can come with me in the future and she's like oh no i'm gonna stay here alice and i are leaving town and i'm like okay so then this story is now about her saving her mom well it's like a it's just from the get-go what like her mom has quite literally nothing to come back to her husband is dead her daughter's an asshole her sister-in-law sister, -in -law, sister mm -hmm. i don't i can't i don't understand the relationship i can't even keep up i'm pretty sure sister-in-law yeah but like it's it's, it's also a kind of kind of an asshole um yeah. very selfish like yeah and just not like no one would believe her why would she want to like again one they've like made this like enslaved narrative of rose colored glasses shit so it's like not even that bad in this history of mm -hmm. whatever so it's like she's got this beautiful freaking house doesn't have to like work i guess like mm -hmm. they've made her one free two she doesn't have to work three she just gets to raise a kid all day that's somehow paid for um that i just don't understand four nothing bad seems to happen to her at all right why, no why would she want to go back yeah why would she want to go back 
I don't know. She has the responsibility then, like, of this child she's basically raised. So yeah, and then and then and then in current time, I think I flash forward a little bit. I I, I apologize for that, but like okay. in the current time, like they really are trying to tell me a love story between fucking Kevin and, and Dana. So bad Set on the backdrop of this fucking violence. They really want to yeah. like make me go through. We a have to get more into that. Like in episode I, five. I oh my god. Now then she gets into a car. Rachel. Yep. She got into a car with Kevin and I, 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 I stood up. I was like, I, yeah. I, I, I gotta push pause. I gotta push pause on this. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. So you're gonna go. So your mom tells you <laughs> that she was in a car driving mm-hmm. with your dad, and that's how he died. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll just be in the passenger seat. I'm like, and why does yeah. she keep coming back to the same room of the house every time? I don't know. Like, there's does that what is that about? They're gonna yeah. tie it to the house somehow. They're gonna tether it to the Probably. house somehow. Gotta be, gotta Probably. be. Because in the book, Dana's like, what if I come back right where I live, right, right where I left, yeah. and like I'm in the middle of the road and I get hit by a car, which is an absolutely great understanding of how time travel works, right? Like, that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying about the Dana of the book. The Dana of the book is so smart, and she has spent mm-hmm. so much time, coincidentally, learning about fucking physics and air and space, and right. She she knows all of this like random like doctor shit, right? Because of all the odd jobs that she worked, and it's so cool mm-hmm. to like give her this platform where she can use all of these carefully honed skills, right? These like bizarrely honed skills for like mm-hmm. to, for survival. Right in this yeah. old world, like that's so cool. Like I think that that's like the coolest fucking mechanic. It's the most awesome part of the book, right? Is mm-hmm. that she's not a Mary Sue. She's not someone who's just like I know how to do everything and I'm perfect at it. She's like I know a little bit of lots of things, not really great at any of them, but I'm good enough to fucking get myself together in this 1800s place, right? Like mm-hmm. that's so awesome. She's so industrious, and this woman is just like, like Dana in the book learns. Every single time she goes back. I feel like this lady doesn't learn anything ever. No. Like anything ever. Like just there's no learning, right? And then like she, we get to Kevin's house. He lives in the pool house. His sister lives in the main house. I'm like, okay, so the sister's definitely going to be a crazy Trump supporter because it's 2016. And we know in the book mm-hmm. that Kevin's sister cuts him off because she doesn't appreciate the fact that he's dating and married to now a black woman, mm-hmm. right? She refuses mm-hmm. to go to the wedding. And he says, it's, I don't think it's really my sister so much as it's her husband right her husband's a piece of shit he's very racist i think it's affected and colored how she understands the world around her right he admits that she's not inherently a villain but she's still a villain right mm-hmm. you're still a party to that bullshit so you're still in the wrong right if you are a yeah. white woman and you are married to a racist you choose to be married to a racist you choose yeah. to be married to somebody who would have absolutely no problem leaving a black person to die in the street like an animal right that's on yeah. you that's your decision right do do you like that's not for me to to judge you're gonna do what you want but at the end of the day you and i aren't gonna be friends because you choose to be married to a racist i'm sorry that's Mm -hmm. not for me right even if you're not a racist you're not not a racist enough to not be married to one right (laughs) so like when i look at these two together Mm-hmm. And I'm like waiting for this woman to be a horrible racist. They walk into her house. There's like fancy yeah. art everywhere. I'm like, okay. So like she calls him princess, which like, why are we talking about money in this show? Money has nothing to do with this narrative whatsoever. So why we even discuss Literally. money? I don't understand like why that's coming up at all. Um, it's all incidental to the, to the plot anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so he goes she goes into his room she's like oh yeah hey you know where's your room or whatever and he like shows her into his room and he's like really defensive like weirdly defensive about it and like yeah. cagey he's like, and, like i'm not being very nice <laughs> he's pulling the whole i'm not rich my parents are bullshit yeah yeah the and i'm like get time. out of here Get the fuck out of here. And you're going to talk to me about generational wealth, right? This is a show where this black girl is like one of the only black people in the country to have generational wealth, right? Yeah. And just <laughs> and completely like, abuses like, well, look at you. You're rich. And I'm like, he's rich the same way you're rich, honey. Like, get out of here, yes. right? Like, this is dumb. So then, like, the camera slowly pans over all his stuff, right? And, like, yeah. the posters in his room and, like, the vinyl that's, like, in crates on the floor. And they pass a Gil Scott Heron album. Mm-hmm. Gil Scott Heron, mm-hmm. for those who do not know, uh, black activist, mm-hmm. artist, poet, musician, writer, right? Mm-hmm. He is most famous for, his most notable, I'd say, work is The Revolution Shall Not Be Televised. Mm-hmm. It is something, it's a spoken word piece um it's like some it's like some hard spoken word too it's like old beat spoken word like og shit right Mm -hmm. and it's excellent if you listen to it you can i'm sure you can find it on spotify if not youtube definitely has got it somewhere um there are people out there who have uh repurposed it and breathed new life into it uh throughout the years i remember somebody did one in i think the early 2000s or late 90s they did a revolution will not be televised like like redux kind of thing um, mm-hmm. that was set to like new music or whatever, but it's got this real jazzy smoky vibe. Right. And then there's this man who has a really deep, beautiful, rich voice going over it. And he's talking about oppression. He's talking about civil rights. He's talking about mm-hmm. the way the world treats the black person. Right. The, talking about very deep and powerful things. And it's a beautiful piece. Really, really good. Um, and again, it is inspired thousands of people, right. To do their own thing. Thousands of, 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 of rap artists, right? Like there are people who have sampled the revolution will not be televised for their tracks, right? Like it's absolutely something that is a major like plot point in black history. Why is it in his house? I could not tell you. Like I do not know pretty much any white guys other than the one that I live with that knows about some Gil Scott Heron, right? And part yeah. of the reason I think my partner even knows about Gil Scott Heron, right, is again, because of the sampling, right? Because of the the looking at what's happening now and then going, where does that come from? And then looking back rather than, oh, I have a first pressing of this Gil Scott Heron album yeah. just because I know some shit. Like, get the fuck out of here, Kevin. Oh my God. Like, uh, they are such, they're such a match made in fucking heaven, the two of them. I will say that. The one positive thing I can say is that Kevin and Dana are the perfect fucking couple. They're both trash to their families who seem perfectly nice. His sister comes in worried like crazy that this man has done Mm -hmm. something horrible to himself. Like she's like on the board, like she's borderline crying. Like, Kevin, you can't just disappear on me like this. Why would you do this to me? I'm like, so not only is she nice, she's caring. And then he's shitty to her. I'm like, okay. Uh, I don't know I if you thought this too, but did you not think that they were hinting at some sort of like history with substance abuse? He's a drunk. Okay. He's a drunk. Yeah. Okay. Because she and says something to him. That- She's like, "Did you, were you? Have you been drinking, Kevin?" When she texts him, she says, yeah. "Have you been drinking?" Like, yeah. He, I, I, I am willing to bet you good money. Part of the reason that he lives with her is because he had a problem. Yeah, that's why he lives there, so she can monitor him. Yeah, so, like, mm-hmm. one, the best sister to ever exist. Not only does she have, like, her own life, she has, like, this gorgeous house. She remodeled her pool house to make it a bedroom for him. Checks yep. in on him, you know? Yep. 
Like so many fucks about this dude. Like arguably too many. He has the combination to a safe in her office with level of trust with him. Oh my god! Probably does not keep alcohol in her home. He's a drunk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Seemingly does not. She does not seem like she would keep alcohol in her home, knowing that it could trigger him. And so she's like always out at her boyfriend's house, which AKA seems to me, just to me, seems like she's probably going out and trying to like have a nice night somewhere she can feel comfortable, drink and unwind, and not feel like she's having to monitor a grown adult. And then he treats her like absolute crap. Yep. Yep. And she's done nothing. Like, even the concern she shows Dana, thinking that Kevin might have done something to her, like, does not pull any punches when it comes to Kevin at all. Immediately sees a woman with a black eye with her brother she knows has a history of issues and is like, oh my god, like, what happened? Can I do anything for you? I don't comprehend this. I don't understand. Like, why are they doing, like, this whole, like, idea of Kevin just, like, knowing everything and being, like, seemingly a great ally, a great person on one hand, and then also being, like, the worst person I've ever met in my entire life on the other? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yep. Like, I don't understand what the, what, what is, how is this improving the story, right? Like, when I look at how a story develops and character development and character growth, Mm -hmm. right? You have to start from somewhere. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's what they're doing, if they're like trying to show more extreme character growth or something like that. But at the end of the day, the growth that that Dana and Kevin experience in the book is more than enough. Like they are are wholly changed by the end of the book, right? Yes. Like I don't understand why they would have needed to try to go, like try to, I don't know if they're trying to improve upon it, I don't know. Like, I I can't I can't really tell. Like she's she gets like really nasty with him because he's nasty to his sister and is like shitty about it. But then like she's shitty to him because he's like, why are you being so nasty to your aunt and uncle? And I'm like, why are y'all both pots and kettles? Like get out of here! You know what Literally, I mean? like what is happening? So then like not a single one of any of these white people are a Trump supporter in 2016. Not a yeah. single white person, not one. And I'm like, okay. Sure. Well, you know that a lot of white people voted for him, right? You know that it was like a lot of white people that mm-hmm. voted for him. Like, it's impossible that not one of them was a Trump supporter. Like, no. Yeah. Meanwhile, they go to the grocery store or CVS or Walgreens or whatever the fuck, right? Right Aid, Dwayne Reed, name any store, fill in here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what California has. They got probably some of that. But like, they go to a store to buy supplies and they're mm-hmm. all in plastic containers. Mm-hmm. With modern labels on them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to bring those back to the past? Yeah. Like, like in the book. Unwrap in, 19, in, the, in the I mean, in the 1970s, right? In the mm-hmm. 1970s, plastic was obviously a thing. Yes, that existed, right? It was not as common as it is now. But plastic was a thing. Even in the 1970s, Dana was like, let me put this aspirin in a different bottle. Yeah. Even in the 1970s, she was like, 
I probably shouldn't bring back anything that's like obviously not from this time. Yeah. Like this lady's like, it's fine. Just put all the plastic shit in my bag. I'll, in the I'll have loosest, two bags. smallest <laughs> bag I've ever seen in my entire life, too. Like it's if, like barely a purse. <laughs> if I was going back in time, I would look at my tote bag and be like, no, yep. let me get something I with need a zipper. Yeah. I need a fucking duffel. Is there one that has a lock on it? So yeah. no one can get into this bag. I like, would gra- you're at a Walmart. Get a hiking backpack. It is so simple. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. And then, like, every white person is good, right? We come back. The neighbors are all agitated again, right? The oh, white wait, lady I is to- like, please just tell me you're fine. Quickly, I have to mention before this, Kevin mm-hmm. responded on the post that said- Oh, that's right. Yeah, he says, KKK much. First of all, just the jump. The skyrocketing jump I just yeah. witnessed. Because- yeah. what, what? Like, I- How do we get here? How do, yeah, zero to a hundred. Especially very- because the problem they have isn't with Dana, it's with him. Yeah. Like, he's like, the one that everybody keeps getting into arguments with. Dana's just in the background. They're like, can we see her? Can we see her? They don't like Kevin, and he's white, so what do you mean KKK much? Yeah, Kevin's immediately assuming this is about race. Yep. And it's, well, I mean, honestly, I mean, it is. I admit, like, it is, and it's fine. It's- him too but at the same time that's not what you say yeah you're not like okay kk you could say mind your fucking business first yeah I and then when she says something racist you can counter with that yes but like, but like on an online forum in which she has not started anything about like race what yeah. kind of white savior complex do you have to have yeah. to immediately yeah. just like like i like, yeah that that's what i mean in here it's like percent. like sh- yeah. she did not start it like she started it in no. real life obviously but online she did not start anything about race and kevin's just like ripped off the band-aid screamed yep. in the internet forum like you immediately look like a bad guy because yeah nobody has the context that you have yep you know what i mean like i yep. i just don't understand how one how we got here two kevin's reactions i don't yeah they seem like disproportionate in a way yeah you know yeah so then they so then they come up the drive they pull into dana's fucking in front of her house the the white lady's like screaming she's on her own she her husband decided not to come with her yeah right she's on her own she's screaming about oh blah blah blah. you called me kkk how dare you you understand we've lived here for 17 years and nothing's happened to us and yeah i'm a perfectly nice person and how could you and i'm like you know what she's got a point like you should be yelling at him that wasn't a nice thing to say it is what it is i don't care can we just fast forward the scene please yeah it's weird so then he gets really shitty in her face the lady expresses concern about Dana. She's like, can you just mind your business? I'm fine. I'm like, okay, so you're black and rude now? Great. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's exactly what the world needs is more black rude people, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you're like, this lady is like, this lady is rude. And she's like, yeah, well, now I'm ruder. I'm just like, wh- why can't you just be like, hey, thank you so much for your concern. I really appreciate it. I understand why you're so jazzed up and I really, really didn't expect that anybody mm-hmm. would be this caring. Would you let me bring you a pie to make it up for you? Like, uh, yeah, like, like you're not going to try to like 
jump in the middle of this and calm her down and be like, hey, buddy, please don't get stressed. I'm really yeah. sorry that like we were being loud. I'll try to be quieter in the future. Right. Like you can't yeah. take five minutes like she's all worried about the cops being called, but you're not doing anything to prevent this lady from thinking the cops need to be called. Yeah. Like Plus, maybe we- you should start by trying to like make things look less shady. Like I don't. Yeah. Plus me and you obviously experienced 2016. Um, I if you got in a fight online with your neighbors, it stayed in the comment section. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you yep. pretended to be cordial in real life. Yep. Like. Yep. Or ignored. Or ignored. You know? Yep. Or no horse blinders one, when I walk out of my house. <laughs> yeah. No one shows up at your house door like, no. hello. It does not happen. It's so no. unrealistic. Like. It was such a waste of time, too. I'm like, who cares about this app? Who cares? I know. I don't. Why are we talking about? (laughs) And then, like, this immediately transitions to the freaking uncle showing up and escalating the situation further by pretending to de-escalate it by being like, "I'm a cop." First of all, you're retired. Isn't it illegal to flash a cop badge when you're not even like active? But that's what I'm saying, because they have to they had to find a way to, like, turn it to racism. Right. So like the husband. So Kevin's like, fuck you. Fuck off. Right. Yeah. He approaches the wife by herself. Mm-hmm. She is alone and she is smaller than him. And he mm-hmm. gets in her fucking face and takes steps toward her like mm-hmm. he's about to do something and says, fuck you fuck off to her in her fucking face and she's like oh my god so she runs she's scared of course who wouldn't have been that's terrifying why would you step toward me to say that shit you're obviously getting in my personal space you're trying to start static with me she goes and tells her husband who obviously is going to be pissed off what husband wouldn't be mad at that right he comes in hot fucking flies at fucking this dude right goes to punch him in the face they start fist fighting in the yard i'm like why is this happening uncle comes flashes the badge then the husband is like Oh, let me say something racist about him when he's like not in my face. And meanwhile, this is dumb for me to for me to have noticed, but I was really grasping at straws to not just rip all my hair out. Can yeah. we talk about the fact that this man said with a straight face, "That's the future mother of my children." I'm I like, that know. Woman is at least forty. At least forty. Yeah. She said they've been living there for like seventeen years. I'm like, what? What childbearing age woman? Has yeah. been living at her house for 17 years. No. No. This is the mother, future mother of my children. I was like, make up your mind, show. You don't even know. Go home, show. You're drunk. Like, you're yeah, not even literally. What you're doing. It's like these people should have, like, max these kids. If they have kids, they have to be at least 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, these yeah. are, this is an older couple. Like, this is not a young adult couple. Yes. This is yes. not fresh off the block yes and then like and then so the dude carlo or whatever his name is right the na- the neighbor guy yeah fucking, they're in the house and the woman's all like sad and shaking and upset like i'm gonna call the police <laughs> this is terrible and he like goes what is and what does he say he's probably her fucking pimp i know he's probably her pimp how did what? we get here i, I don't know that sex workers that had pimps could afford fucking multi-million dollar homes in Silver Lake fucking California. What? He's probably her pimp? What am I watching? I don't know. I'm so confused. What are we watching? I don't understand. Like, it's just the leaps and bounds the show takes to be, like, trying to make, like, racism casual. But, like, it's such a weird, like, random, like, 
making it so it's not even realistic. Like, and like I, you don't have to work that hard. It already yeah. exists and it's already terrible. Like, like, why are you working so hard to do to do like something different with something people are experiencing right the fuck now? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. I mean, somebody for- shouted the N word out their window at my mom like two months ago. Like, you don't yeah. have to jump over. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to like jump over a barrel and fucking go through a fucking like all I'm like, saying. Exam. If you were like, okay. Let's just, let me just pretend that the person writing this is the most, like, sheltered, racism doesn't exist white person in the entire world, okay? Mm -hmm. Go to any white family Thanksgiving and you're going to encounter casual racism. You know? Like, go to any white family that has, like, their extended family at Thanksgiving and you will experience it. Go to someone's white family freaking mm-hmm. family reunion and you will find a relative that says something racist it is not Absolutely. that hard to just like get the experience if i'm like imagining that somehow they just ha- lived under a rock for the last 30 years i don't understand how you can write something that's so out no. of touch if unless no. like you legitimately read it, wrote it, read it, wrote it in your basement under a rock under a fucking mountain, and you've yeah. never come out of your little cave. I I don't I don't understand. I mean, down to the way that it ends, right? Like, yeah, Kevin reaches out to his sister and is like, "Do you believe in fate?" And that's that's the next like, one. I think it is. I thought that was the way that the, the, that that episode ends. Hold on. Oh, because like in nope, this you're episode, right. she and Kevin, you're right. she and Kevin have a conversation where Kevin's like, "So I'm not going back with you next time," and basically yeah. tells her like she's on her fucking own, and she's yeah. like, "Oh, I mean, I guess I understand why you wouldn't want to go back there or whatever." And in my head, I'm just like, "Of course, he doesn't want to go back there. I like, wouldn't want to go back fucking- there." Here's the thing, though. They're giving us a whole other way to understand this when they tell us that he's a fucking recovering alcoholic. Yeah. And potentially a recovering addict. Yeah. Like he was definitely offered liquor in like one of the previous episodes when he's back in time. They're like, oh, Mm -hmm. you want to drink? And he was like, no, 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 I'm I'm okay, Thank you. So are they trying to say that there's going to be a story about Kevin and his sobriety? Because I don't know. I I don't need that. I don't think I I don't think I need bandwidth for it. Honestly, I, I, I really don't. I don't have the time. I do not have the time. Also, I do not have the fucking time. I very quickly have to mention. If you're a recovering alcoholic, the serving industry is the worst job to have. 1000% correct. If you need quick money, there's many different ways to do it. That is not serving and pouring wine at a fancy restaurant in which if you've ever worked in serving, you know that like 90% of your coworkers are going to have some sort of substance abuse issue. Yep. Absolutely. Like, that is a terrible plan. That is a horrible plan. It's so funny you said that because that's something that I absolutely, like, thought about after it was over. It was was one of those things that kind of sat with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm in episode five and I'm like, wait a minute. He works at a fucking restaurant? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, hold on a second. 
oh no like a bad i remember i was i was a hostess at a restaurant yeah. and i was still privy to that information like people used to come and fucked up all the time or like yeah. after work you get your shift drink and then there'd be people who had like seven shift drinks you know what i'm saying like yeah it, it, you you always see it like you always see it because it because you can make such fast and good money right mm -hmm. like it's rife with people who need that connection right mm -hmm. they need the money fast because they're going to spend it fast you yeah. know what i mean like yeah i i don't know i was very I don't know. but this is I was in this episode we get at the very end i'm just gonna like bang through all this because i've i thought mm -hmm. this was all episode five little did i realize um mm -hmm. until i looked at my notes again um mm -hmm. so like basically her uncle kidnaps her just like word vomits how the reason they didn't come is because he didn't want his or like reason they didn't come when the grandmother dies because he didn't want his wife and all that drama which is a fucked up thing to say to someone who had to live it you know so like i feel that but i also understand it because like my dad and my mom went through that like my yeah. dad's family, my dad is, my stepdad is Italian and his family was racist toward my mom mm -hmm. and toward me when I was younger. And like, we tried to put everything to bed. We tried to do bygones, be bygones. Things still mm -hmm. ended up falling apart later on after we made those efforts. And mm -hmm. when my grandfather died and my, my mom was like, you know, I want to protect you from that as much as, as best I can. But my dad was like, no, I got to be there for my mom. So my mom was like, okay, do you. But when his mom died, my mm -hmm. mom was like, we're going to go to the funeral as a family. You're going to have a wall around you. No one's going to talk to you because you don't need to hear that from people. Like mm -hmm. you don't need to hear people shit talking you or trying to criticize you or whatever. So I understand protecting your, your spouse from their family if their family yeah. is shitty. But like, I don't understand like what any of this has to do. Like they're spending so much time talking about their ancestors but then they go out of their way to make the ancestors the dad's ancestors instead of the mom's ancestors so mm -hmm. why is she getting sent back in time like it makes so much sen more sense when it like when you're talking about the matriarchal line than the patriarchal line well no like, it is the matriarchal line because it is the mom's ancestors she's going back to which is why nobody seems mm -hmm. to know anything about that yeah isn't it because the mom went no. back the grandmother went back so that's why it's dumb because that's that's the plot hole that I'm having the hardest part with, right? That's the hardest part for me is that uh -huh. the ancestors in Easton mm -hmm. are her dad's people, her her aunt's brother. That's dead. That's what? who she's going back in time. Yeah, why is the, yeah, why it's did not the, the mom's grandmother people. go back. I would love to know. So, like, I would love to know, Rachel. Why I have is no Dana idea. so special? Saying. I don't understand. Like that doesn't make any I don't sense. I don't know. I don't know because the mom is not there to save Rufus. She doesn't know anything about him. Like she's not, that's not her pe. Those aren't her people. Like that's yeah. why the aunt and the uncle figure so big in this story because they're her dad's people. Her uh -huh. mom knew her, her mom knew her aunt in college. And I think that's how she met her, her, that's how she met her husband was like mm -hmm. her friend's brother. She met him, dated him. They liked each other. They got married. And that's how like Dana's mom came into the family. So like, yeah. The, the family that they're back there to see is the dad's side of the family. It's not the mom's side. Because, like, when she comes back and she texts Denise, like, she texts her aunt, she's uh -huh. like, hey, does the name Waylon mean anything to you? Do we have any Waylons in our family? If yeah. it was her mom's side, her aunt wouldn't know anything about it. So it's all on her dad's side. Like, just none of it makes any sense. This is what happened. When you pull one thread, right, yeah. 
it doesn't just take one thread out of the sweater. The whole thing unravels. So they were like, let's change one thing. But then they couldn't just change that. They had to change point A, B, and C that's attached to that first point. So then point A has a bunch of threads off of it that those now have to change, right? Mm -hmm. Now that's got to be different. Now this has to be different. Now this other thing over here has to be different. And that's how you get this mess because they couldn't just leave well enough alone. They couldn't just like leave that shit alone. It's trash. It's garbage. The whole, the whole, throw the whole show in the trash. Like it's, it's garbage. It's so bad. It's garbo. It's really bad. Yeah. So then just her aunt tries to get her like Baker acted, I guess. Yeah. She was like, oh, let me go and get you some coffee. And I'm like, there's definitely tranquilizers in that coffee. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're definitely about to wake up on a stretcher in the psych ward. Good luck. Literally. I'm like, first she, like, of all. She pours it all over her. I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. First of all, one, Dana is a full adult. Like, how can you even get someone that you're not that close to Baker acted? Like, can you just do that to you anybody to prove- on the street? So you have to prove that they are a danger to themselves or others. Okay. Which she can do because she's claiming she goes back in time and, you know, she has precedent because she can say that it's a hereditary disease and her mom tried to hurt herself. Because we know now, right, the reason that her mom looked like she was hurting herself is because when her mom would go back in time, it would be because she was wounded, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, because that's how this power works. So, like, now that Dana has this black eye out of nowhere and this man convincingly says, I didn't do it, and she convincingly says he didn't do it. Her aunt's yeah. like, okay, so she's a danger to herself and others, right? So, like, that's – that's and, and and plus, she's a nurse, so they're already going to take her, her more seriously yeah. than they would, like, the civilian anyway. But, like, I was shocked that that was her answer. Instead of just, like, listening to her and, like, letting her feel validated, like, ask – like, if somebody came to me and was like, so my mom isn't dead, my first question wouldn't be, are you all right? My first question wouldn't be, are you crazy? My first question before I asked any of that would Mm -hmm. be, how do you know? Mine would have been, what? And I'd let them tell me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tell me why you think your mom is still alive. And if that person's like, oh, well, I went back in time like she did. And I was on a plantation and here's all this information. If someone's looking me in my face and I've heard this story before and this, this girl could not possibly have the same story as her mom because her mom left when she was like two years old, right? Yeah. There's no way that she can know the things that her mom was raving about when she was young. So mm-hmm. to have her say the exact same thing, I'd be like, okay, pause. I need to suspend belief for a minute. I'm not yeah. going to be like, well, I'm convinced that you're crazy. Like, yeah. That's obviously not the answer if it's the same. I mean, what are the chances, right? Like, yeah, that's not how hallucinations work. She has the right, like, they both made up a character named Rufus. Yeah, I don't think so. So, her mom didn't get Rufus. That's right. Oh, and that's the thing, right? So, she's talking to her aunt, and like, I don't remember her saying the name Rufus, but her aunt is like, We have this whole thing with Rufus and the plantation. And I'm like, Did you mention Rufus to her? Like, did you think so? Especially because she's under the impression, and like this just like, she's under the impression that someone is her ancestor, but she doesn't imagine that it's him. She thinks one of the slaves is her ancestor. So she's like talking about this, and like yeah. she's not even like, it's, I mean, completely off book, but like she's not even like, this. the aunt isn't even really hearing what she's saying. She's just like, she's yeah. crazy. I got to do something about it. Unacceptable. I just, I'm Unacceptable. so confused. It's terrible. And then, yeah, we have the uncle being overly aggressive with Kevin, too, which is strange. And yep. the, like, 
Dana almost forgetting her emergency bag. I'm like, come on, girl. And then yeah. just the like ability for Dana to immediately disappear when she needs to. Yep. Not even out of that closet. Yeah, not even mm-hmm. near Rufus for some reason. Yep. So Kevin's like, I don't want to go back with you, but I mean, I guess I can't leave this behind because it seems like fate and it seems like it's important. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll support you and I'll be there for you. And then they're in the closet and she's grabbing a hold of him. And I'm like, I mean, you know, you're taking him back, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you're doing that. She did that on purpose. You're grabbing his arm. And then she's like, oh no. Like episode five starts. She's like, oh no, what did I do? I'm like, no, no, no. You knew, you knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. in the book Dana's like Kevin step back don't get anywhere near me yeah like she yells at him she's like get mm-hmm. the fuck away from me don't mm-hmm. do it get away right she like, cares yes even though he is terrible yeah this Dana is so freaking selfish that she's like well it'll be a little easier for me if you come back so let's yes. go yes meanwhile this relationship is so new she doesn't know he's a drunk and that he's going into a stressful situation that's yeah. likely going to make him want to drink yeah like, people used to drink beer instead of water sometimes back then. Like, it yeah. was so common. Like, kids would have weak and small beer and shit. Like, mm-hmm. but you're going to take him back to this time period where people were just casually smoking opium? Sure. Yeah. Do, do you, Seems girl. like a good plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, our next episode is going to have to be about episode five. Yep. We're going to have to cut it here so that we can get quickly into discussing episode five. Mm-hmm. But... Thank you, Candace, for joining me. Thank you, all the people, for listening. Um, this is this is a book we have read, or no, this is yep. a show we have watched. Yep, yep, yep. We have seen it. Yep. <laughs> Candace, where can the people, of the internet, find you and your stuff? You can find me at that Candace girl on Twitter, which is probably the best place uh, to be. Well, Twitter is not the best place to be, but yeah. my page is the best place to go <laughs> if you uh, want to know what I'm doing at any given time. I have some podcasts coming up, including Among the Stacks, uh, which is going to be a narrative podcast, as well as Bookhound Bounty Hunters, which is a TTRPG narrative ta- uh, a p- podcast, which basically means we uh, decide what's happening next and everything is improv on the spot, depending on what the dice tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, Among the Stacks is a more kind of uh, fiction kind of podcast, so I have a script and all that for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find me at Candace the Magnificent. That's Candace with an A, C A N D A C E. Um, over at Instagram, you can find me on Twitch where I do live concerts, uh, Lego builds, and video gaming streams, as well as over um, on YouTube where you can see some of my review videos. I'll probably have some gameplay videos up too. I got some pretty awesome games this year that I'd like to kind of take people through and do videos for that. So uh, just check me out. Let yeah. me know if there's anything you'd like to see. I do take requests. Yeah, and your link tree will be in the bio, just in case, you know, a new social platform has rised to the forefront and Twitter has died by the time the episode goes out. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> but we will catch you all next week with more uh, things and more awesome. cool stuff. Bye. Bye.